Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hi, everybody. We are back with another solo episode. Well, I'm not solo. I'm actually with someone that I love very much and that I care about very much. Her name is Julia Phoenix. She is a love and leadership mentor and relationship coach. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. I'm so happy to be here with you, Ambrosia. And hello to everyone who's watching or listening. Really excited to be here. So happy to have you. So she's been on the Julia's been on the podcast several times in the past, but we have a lot of new listeners. So for people that have never seen you before, never heard you before, can you tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, who you are? Yeah, gosh, it's always so hard to kind of like nutshell this. So right. give me your life story. <laughs> um, quickly, quickly. <laughs> uh, 30 seconds or less. Exactly. No pressure. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I am a love and leadership mentor, which means I work with mostly women and also couples uh, you know, who have, um, businesses or passions that they're, you know, devoting a lot of time to, but who also really want to, uh, shift and heal their relationship patterns and step into beautiful relationships and have more support and connection in their lives. So, you know, that's my primary focus. Now I'm also a psychic channel and, Mm -hmm. you know, many other things. So I integrate a lot of different things into my, framework for working with people. I have a long history in uh, working in early childhood education. And, um, you know, I have degrees in, in childhood development and human development. And so that's really my lens is looking at how do our developmental experiences impact our experiences now? And I I really got there through my own journey of understanding, right, that so many of the struggles that I faced in my adulthood, and I had long battles with things like eating disorders and, you know, drug addictions and things like that, but also really painful relationships, particularly love relationships, right? Uh, Really understanding through my own experience working with the kids and working through my own stuff like that, that's really where it it comes back to all the time, Mm -hmm. every time. And when we have the courage to confront those things um, and to provide new experiences for our own inner children to heal those specific wounds, our relationships become a lot better and a lot easier. Our point of attraction changes you know, 
so much can change from doing that deeper inner work. So that's really my focus. And I love, you know, teaching about it, talking about it, connecting with people about it. And I'm just really passionate about relationships in general and mm. connection because I feel that most people have no idea how lonely they really are. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we're living in an age where there's so much isolation and so much of a sense of internal loneliness that people have, even when they feel like they're connecting with people all day long, you know, you're on mm -hmm. your phone, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever messages, mm -hmm. but you're not getting that deep nourishment yeah. in connection that we need as human beings. That's what really healed me from so much. And I had such a, um, such a traumatic past, such a traumatic childhood, you know, growing up in a cult and just, many different forms of abuse that I endured. So it was really like a process of number one, you know, being courageous and finding the support to go back and do that inner child work, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, seeking out new experiences with other human beings, practicing things, doing things differently, and really showing up in relationship in order to repattern a lot of that stuff, because that's where a lot of the deepest healing happens, not from you journaling by yourself in the in your right. room, right. or even from, you know, seeing a therapist or a coach in that one-on-one that -on -one relationship that helps so much and is vitally important, but mm -hmm. it's really the relationships in our lives and how we're showing up and what we're choosing and the experiences that we are participating in that can create the most change and the most healing. Mm, that's so true. And you and I have been working together privately. I am one of your um, clients, I guess you would say, or students, however you want to put it, um, more of a client. But this is something that you and I have spoken about before a lot in the past of feeling isolated and feeling an inability to connect with other people. And so I want to tell you a statistic that um, I heard about or read about, probably heard through TikTok, but that's where I get all of my factual information, my very important information. But um, but I, I read somewhere a couple of years ago or heard somewhere that 90% um, of women in monogamous straight relationships feel unheard or unseen. And I really, so you've been helping me through this last year of my divorce and coming out and all of that. And I really felt that when I was with my ex, I really felt unseen, unheard. And it wasn't to his fault because he felt like what he was doing was seeing me and was hearing me. Mm -hmm. But can you elaborate on feeling isolated in relationships? Because that's a huge yeah. number. I mean, it is. And it, and it does feel really sad to me to hear that statistic. And it also isn't super surprising to me because of right. what I have found in my work with, with people and particularly women. Um, I think what it really comes down to, Ambie, is fear. We have so much fear in our bodies around relating that often we're not even conscious of. Mm. And so we have so many layers and protective mechanisms. We have so many strategies yeah. that we've learned in relationship to, to really stay safe 
right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately we don't feel that way. We don't feel safe in connection with other people because we've been hurt in connection with other people, right? So it makes sense. It's not that there's something wrong with anybody. It's just Mm -hmm. that that's the way it is. And so really recognizing like, oh, I feel unsafe to genuinely show myself because it's the vulnerability when we're able to speak what's real for us, when we're able to express an emotion, a need, you know, when we're able to bring ourselves out of hiding and be witnessed, right? It it could be possible that someone is willfully not seeing us, but like you're saying in your situation, there wasn't a lot of that process of really organically expressing that vulnerability and building trust that way and creating deeper intimacy. That's how it goes. But the first step is, you know, really addressing the unsafety and recognizing that. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I agree with that. And I feel like there are many different aspects to, to feeling unsafe in the relationship. I And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like you're talking about just physical unsafety, right? We're talking right, about emotional yes. unsafety and an unwillingness to really vulnerably be seen because it hasn't been safe in the past. I love the way that you help people through inner child healing, because I think it's unique. I've worked with a few other people in the past and, you know, no shade to them. They're amazing practitioners, but I like the way that you really integrate the inner child with the current person. Can you talk about that a little bit and how that benefits relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I sort of have my my own flow and my own way with this, even though I've been trained, you know, with specific methods. Um, but I've developed, you know, a style over the years of working with this. And it's also my work with myself. That's the thing is it's like, I do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I practice it. I live it. I, I really do. And anyone who really knows me and is in my inner circle knows this. Um, and I have done it. And I have this awareness of children's development and where they're at, what they can comprehend and what they really need in certain developmental phases, right? And what they may need um, from you know me as a facilitator or from you, from the client to get their needs met, right? And that's really what it's about is it's getting the need met but also bringing that child self into the current reality. That's a piece that's really important for me, I feel. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, first of all, when we have a trigger come up in relationship, when we notice that we're feeling unsafe or we're feeling triggered, like, you know, yes, that's a message that could be, you know, just pertinent to someone behaving in a way that, you know, isn't okay for you. And it's always really important to listen to that. But if it feels out of proportion, Often it's because there's a childhood wound that's surfacing. And I always like to talk about it like it's the inner child, you know, coming up and like pulling on the hem of your skirt, right? Yeah. Hi. (laughs) Hi, I need you. You know, knocking on your door. Hello. Um, I'm in here. And so getting comfortable orienting that way, turning our focus away from the trigger in the relationship and towards what's coming up for us and just really perceiving it for what it is, a little girl or a a little human in whatever case, that 
has been deeply wounded, is frightened, is scared, is angry, whatever, has mm -hmm. needs to meet. And, you know, so definitely meeting those needs, being the adult that we didn't have in those circumstances. Absolutely. And, and, and feeling the emotion fully in our bodies so that it can process out, so that it can integrate, validating that perspective, mirroring the inner child, um, and holding them through whatever they're experiencing. And then, then when there's a sense of relief, when there's a sense of release, we can bring that child self back into the present and, you know, we can actually show them what the reality is now. Now, this is a piece that I think this is, this is important, Ambie, because I know you've probably been through, you know, similar is it's like, sometimes when we do this, mm -hmm. we come back into the current reality and then we're like, oh, hell, like there are some people here actually that aren't safe for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are some situations that actually aren't okay. And, yeah. and now in advocacy of this inner child, now in awareness of that and more in my adult power, mm -hmm. I get to and have a capacity to make different choices in my mm -hmm. relationships. That's mm -hmm. the hard part, honestly. Yeah. But it's so worth it. And that's how it works. So I'm going to be really vulnerable and share a little bit about mm -hmm. like my mother and I's relationship, because that's a relationship that you continue to help me through. But one that I think is um, so important because the parent-child relationship is so fucked in so many regards, right? Like it's, yeah. it's the one or two people that can like really fuck you over in life. And you still go back to them repeatedly over and over because mm -hmm. you're looking for that validation in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because I remember asking throughout my whole life, why am I so attached to this person? Why do I care so much what this person thinks of me? Why do I so much want to push her away and bring her in, right? Mm -hmm. And so working with you, I really learned that like my push away is my protective tool of saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to reject you before you reject me. And unfortunately, um, this time around, it worked, right? My rejection tool of pushing her away, now she's gone, which is beneficial because I'm not being gaslit anymore in that relationship. But it's also really hard. Yes. So it's interesting. And then we have people in our lives that mirror that same relationship. And we have to look at and say, do I heal this aspect or do I walk away again? Right. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about um, using me as the example? I'm open. You can say what you want, okay. but about that relationship of that parent child, because I know a lot of people in this community have a hard time with their parents or their family understanding yes. not only their spirituality, but maybe their sexuality, maybe something else in their life. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I mean, I commend you and I'm so, so freaking proud of you, Ambie, honestly, like for Thanks. the growth that I've seen you go through over the last year and the relationship with your mother is part of that. You Thank know, you. I've seen you step into your boundaries in a different way and your it's not power hard. and voice in a different way. I know that it's so hard. Like it's so it hard. Really my is. relationship with my yeah. mom. Oh God, I could write a book about it one day, probably yeah. like, you know, a thousand pages. Um, but, you know, first of all, I think it's really important to understand that 
this is natural. And I remember telling you that a lot, like, because you're like, why am I like this? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. because it's your mom. Yeah. And because you didn't have the critical developmental input when you needed it from mm -hmm. her. So mm -hmm. there's a hunger and there's a longing and there's, you know, so much dysregulation and in your system that happens around that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So it's normal. So if you have these kinds of feelings and you're like, oh, why do I keep going back? Or why can't I just cut them off? Or why is this that hard? Like it's hard for a reason. There's nothing wrong with you for that, right? But what it's really about is turning the focus towards the self when we're in pain around a relationship like that. And I know that that is really hard. In that moment, that's the last thing that you want to do yeah. because you want to you know, push away or cling or do whatever coping mechanism that you do or use whatever strategy that or you, you want to blame the other person. Yes. And you want to have their them change because then I can be okay if they change, right? Codependency exactly. at its finest. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's totally valid and okay to feel that way. Like we don't have to make that wrong, but it's not super effective in right. terms of creating a shift. So, you know, in our work together, like I've helped you to address like these parts of you and form relationship with these parts of you that are functioning to protect you or functioning in the shadow in, you know, deep pain yeah. and really need presence. So it's about turning in first and foremost. And I think what happens, Ambie, is like when we have that experience of connecting deeply with ourselves and we see the purity, right? Mm -hmm. The innocence and, you know, the beauty of that child self. And we feel this sense of love and the sense of protection you know you ha you have this mama bear part you know aspect yeah. of your character that I, I very much do love it's like one of my favorite things and that's beautiful right and I I know you have it towards your children and towards the people that you love but what I've seen for you is actually being able to turn that towards these inner children mm. and and it's not from just a reactionary place right and a blaming place that's the difference between someone who has done this kind of inner work or has not. Someone who has not will react from an unconscious place, blame, push away. But mm -hmm. since it's not integrated, we didn't really address it. Later on, we're going to pull them back in, which mm -hmm. is was your cycle with, mm -hmm. with mom, right? Right. And so now it's more like being able to see from a clear, accurate adult perspective mm -hmm. that there are certain boundaries that aren't being honored and that there's no capacity for that other person to honor. And then my choice, it's not about them. Yeah. My exactly. choice for me is to walk away or to protect myself. And it, and it is those non-negotiable, those non-negotiables, those boundaries, right? Like I know there were a few for you where certain things were said where it was like, oh no, yeah. that is not okay or allowed yeah. in my mm -hmm. space, in my energy. I won't do that. So it that's where there's a line, right? Mm -hmm. For other for others who have a different situation, right? Like where they want to maintain that relationship. It's still really about getting clear on those boundaries and knowing that you get to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. You didn't yeah. get to back then. You know, for most of us, we didn't get to, right? Mm -hmm. 
but we get to take measures to help ourselves feel safe. And we get to, especially when we do this deeper inner work, we get to see the reality of the other person. This is where freedom really is. Mm. Seeing who they really are, what they're capable of, what they're available for, what their capacity is, what we can reasonably expect from them, right? And then making decisions accordingly. So if all you do is see your mom on a Sunday for an hour for coffee in a public place and you keep it to one hour and that's it, Mm -hmm. that could be a beautiful solution for some people. If you only want to communicate through email, like you can do that. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a black or white, right? Of cut someone off or just participate in the current pattern. Mm. And I think a lot of the times, so many people are looking for that validation or that acceptance from that parental figure. And so we don't get that acceptance or that validation. So we seek outside. And you said this the other day that really like was kind of an aha moment for me is I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it was, uh, we often mirror our parent child relationships and our love relationships. Yes. And I went, part of me went, Oh shit. And then the other (laughs) part of me went, okay, how can I change this to where I'm not just repeating this pattern with a different person, right? Same situation, different face. Um, Because that's how the universe works. My belief is that we're, they're here to show you something. There's something that still needs to be, um, developed in us or in them and with my parental figures i sound like an alien my parental figures with my parental (laughs) figures it's um there's too much history there right like there's too much um, yeah and you're not going to be able yeah exactly and so the hurt is blocking me from the growth but how can Mm -hmm. we maybe you know someone has a great relationship with their parents or it's not as tumultuous How can their relationship really mirror their parental relationship? Yeah, I mean, I would say there are different types of relationships that come into our lives, right? And this is such a wonderful topic, especially for, I don't know if any of the listeners are numerology people. I'm not really, but I heard this on a podcast. September is a six month. I I was betting there there was. September is a six month and then we have six as like our number for the year, right? And there's just a lot of focus, it feels like on, and I don't know if you've been sensing this too, um, Ambie, or kind of feeling into it, but in the collective, there there seems to be a lot around relationship and mm-hmm. twin flames, it's everywhere, you know, twin flame soulmates, the whole deal, right? The whole deal, yeah. <laughs> the whole deal. And, you know, I really feel like our inner being loves us so much mm-hmm. and the universe loves us so much and our consciousness is so wise that it's like, we know on some level, and when I say we are, I'm talking about kind of the higher uh, expressions of us, that relationships are the best way to get our attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Relationships are the thing that we have been taught since we were little, little, little are the most important thing, right? I'm talking about love relationships specifically, right? Yes. If you meet someone, you find your other half, and I'm air quoting that for people listening, you find your other half, then you're complete, you're good, you're solid. You don't have to do anything else. Right. And, and so it's like this, this fantasy that we have, and it's this, you know, and in our love relationships, there's, there can be the deepest, deepest pain or the greatest, greatest joy, Mm -hmm. right? They're just powerful and they're powerful vehicles for transformation. 
spiritual transformation, emotional, psychological, energetic, all of it. And that's really the purpose of a lot of relationships. And sometimes that shows up in the form of like, I have a partner now where it's like, we are, you know, working things out or healing, shifting, transforming now through a lot of positive new experiences. Mm. It's like, oh my God, this feels so good. Oh my God, I always deserved this, you know? And there are those kinds of relationships, right? And then there are the kinds of relationships like, you know, I've, I've had in the past where its function is to wake you up Mm. to what's there within you that needs resolution and that needs healing. And so it's really a beautiful opportunity, even though it doesn't always feel like it, to access that. And and the biggest reflection that we often get from our partners is of mom or dad or caregivers, or in my case also, there's been like prominent abusive figures that were outside the home. It could be that. I had one one man that I was with that I swear it was mom, dad, and like one of my abusers and it would just rotate, you know, just yeah, rotate yeah. depending on, depending on what you needed to learn at the time. Or exactly. And it's time. important yeah. to know too, that it's usually the same for the other person. Yes. Right. Yeah. And we have a soul contract that we're going to trigger each other into expansion. That was true for me in this past relationship that I'm referring to. And I'm deeply grateful now for this experience. Wasn't at the time. <laughs> felt like I was going to die. Like I was shouting at my guides in the car, like gripping the ske- steering wheel, like, you have to do something. This is so messed up. <laughs> like it was not okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was also this portal to phenomenal growth for me, phenomenal healing for me. And so every relationship, I don't believe in the idea of like a failed relationship if mm-hmm. we're conscious and we utilize it for the function that it's there for what's available to us because every relationship we have is that opportunity to refine more what we want to understand ourselves on a deeper level, to grow, to shift, to heal, and then be ready for a different relationship moving forward. Um, But yes, the mirroring of caregivers can be heavy. And then we respond like we're talking to mom or we're talking to dad. We have those same feelings And we may not even be conscious of the fact that that's what's happening. We may just be like, why do I react this way to this person? Right, right. Like, why did I lose it? (laughs) Yeah, my my reaction was so disproportionate to the appropriate response or the the action that was required for the reaction. Yeah, but I mean, I think that love relationships are so complicated. Can you talk a little bit? This just came up intuitively. Can you talk a little bit about, um, I've heard a lot of readings lately, say a lot of readings, say, well, my spouse is not technically cheating, but they are in love or they are romantic with someone else, but they're not physical with someone else, right? Or my partner is emotionally abusive, but they haven't hit me yet right? Mm. So I've had a lot of readings like that. And it's this idea in my, in my opinion of making excuses or reasons why you should stay in the relationship when it's so obviously invalidating your feelings and violating you on so many levels. Can you talk about maybe why you do that, what you've seen 
things like that. Yes, I have so much to say about this. It's interesting that you've been hearing that coming up in, in readings and stuff. I think there are a couple of things. One thing is is like looking at those childhood patterns, you know, we had to, many of us at certain points in our life and in our development, be like find a way to become okay with things that weren't okay. Right. You know, we just had to do that. We had to put a filter over it, mm. talk ourselves into this is an okay situation, right? And we're yes. also acclimatized and accustomed to things like gaslighting or subtle shaming or emotional mm. abuse or, you know, emotional infidelity and then kind of like gaslighting about it. There there are, you know, all these things that if it's if it doesn't feel okay for you, it's not okay for you. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, gaslight themselves. I know this is a term that's thrown around a lot, but I just yeah, don't I was going to ask, could you, could you <laughs> break down what gaslighting is in case someone doesn't know when they're listening? Yeah. So it's like your perceptions, your felt experience in your body, what you know to be true through mm-hmm. like, I saw this, I felt this, I heard this, I responded to it. This happened. It was real. Mm-hmm. This is what, what I know to be true. That being completely invalidated and made to you're made to feel like you're a little bit crazy for Mm -hmm. perceiving those things even though they're accurate yeah right so if you were the person in your family that was like hey wait a minute like this doesn't seem right you know Mm -hmm. and everybody was like you know uh what's what's wrong with you right like we're fine like that's that's what gaslighting kind of looks like in that type of situation i'm doing this because i love you you don't have any reason to be upset Mm-hmm. We're such a great family. We love each other so much. I take care of you. Therefore, you know, you don't get to be upset and I'm a great mom and you're upset over nothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like these are statements that are invalidating and gaslighting. And so we internalize that. Yes. And as we grow up, we do that to ourselves and we make things okay that are not actually okay. Also, I want to say about what you just shared. I feel like people really like to draw a line in the sand with physical things that happen, yeah. such as physical abuse or physical cheating, like the examples mm-hmm. that you named. But it, it's really important, I feel, in relationships to look at the energetics. It's all about that. It's all about the underlying energetics. And mm-hmm. the truth is, if someone is in a space where they're being you know, you're in a monogamous partnership and that's the agreement, Mm -hmm. but they're participating in infidelity energetically and emotionally. It's impacting you in almost the same way. And it's impacting the relationship in almost the same way. And there's something there. There's a need that's not being met. There's something that's not being delved into in that relationship that's causing this behavior. So we have to get over this habit of glossing over things and making things okay. Yeah. 100%. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that if you have an agreement that cheating is cheating and that person violates that agreement, if you want to look at how to improve the relationship, they can't keep violating that agreement, right? Or abuse is another one. You know, I've had a lot of women, um, I've had a lot of women come to me recently and say that they feel like Uh, their husbands or their partners are emotionally abusive because I think there's more awareness of mental health. I think there's more awareness now with social media on the signs to look out for, the signs to watch out for, for 
not only physical abuse, but emotional abuse, um, financial abuse. There's a lot of different things in relationships. So a question that I had for you, um, what does a healthy relationship look like? Because I was never modeled a healthy relationship growing up. I know, big shocker to everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> what is what is something that people should be striving for in a relationship or or really looking for? We know a lot of the signs to watch out for in a negative relationship, but what's a positive relationship? Mm. It's such a big question. You know, I think most of us were not um, modeled healthy relationship in life. And we have no frame of reference because, you know, when we experience certain things, we have like a memory bank in our body and we return to those same places in our body. Our body remembers, this is what love is. This is what a relationship is. Mm. And so when we haven't installed a new program, we haven't gotten the actual imprint through a felt experience in the body of what a healthy relationship feels like. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, cool. The hell is that? No idea. You know? Um, So I I think it is something that is, is difficult to explain in a way that sometimes people can really feel it. But first of all, relationship dynamics are going to vary based on preferences. You know, Mm -hmm. there's going to be different. Some people are really into polarity, the whole masculine feminine thing. Um, You know, it it depends on what it is that we need, right? Mm -hmm. Some people may need a relationship where there's more freedom. Some people may need a relationship where there's an intense amount of closeness all the time, Mm -hmm. right? But it's becoming aware of those needs as individuals, and then aligning with the people who are right to meet those needs. And what it feels like is first and foremost, there's a sense of safety. And you can start to feel this in your body when you're doing this work and when you're you know, moving towards different types of people. It's a sense of relaxation in your body. It's not the anxiety of like, oh my God, this person, are they gonna, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a settling. It's a sense of home. It's a sense of safety. It's a sense of I'm home with this person. There's a deep trust. There's a lot of care and mutual respect. Basically, it's like, you know, so many of us have been not really modeled like narcissistic or codependent styles of relating. And we've talked about this before, but narcissism and codependency are just two sides of the same coin. Right. And they're both very, very self-focused. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, even though codependency doesn't seem that way, it really is. It's really self-serving and it's, you know, just an obsession with trying to keep safe with people. So, you know, rather than those dynamics, you know, being the the norm, it's the, the healthy relationship is a sense of being able to deeply and automatically really care what happens to the other person and how they feel. Like mm. it's, it's something that, and, and it's, and it feels sad to me that like, I even have to say this, Yeah. but so yeah. many people actually like don't have the experience of being with someone who deeply and genuinely cares how they feel. They're not okay with it. If you're not okay. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they're, they're not like with my partner, just using us as an example. And it's not that there's an over-responsibility and a codependent, you know, there's, I'm holding the self first and foremost. I'm loving the self. I'm here for me. I have built the capacity to be able to do that on some level. And 
like you are almost a part of me. Like there's, it's, it's like with your children, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if one of your children, even though the dynamics there are of course very different, there's a lot I could say about that type of relationship. It's extremely different in many ways to a love relationship, but this piece can be similar. You know, if your child is hurting, crying, like whatever, what's your instinct? To see if they're okay. Like how, what's going on? Yes. How can I, how can I, how can I help you? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So that's, there's a mutual thing there, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, we're really here to meet each other's needs. We're really here to help each other be okay in the world. Like there is an interdependence there. And this is a piece that I feel is often very much missing in the spiritual community because some people might even be triggered by the fact that I'm saying this, that, you know, we really rely on each other to get our needs met. And, you know, we know, we trust the other person that they organically care enough about how we feel to help us do that. Yeah. Um, Because there's this idea of we're just not supposed to really care that much. We're supposed to be so detached and so okay on our own that, you know, that type of relating can be seen by some as codependency, but it's not. It's interdependency. It's very, very different. Like I said, I find many resources within myself and outside of the relationship, right? He's not my only resource. I've Mm. built the capacity to hold myself and we're deeply interdependent at this point in our lives. We trust each other so much and we're better together because of that trust and because of that mutual support and care at every turn. We work problems out together when we have a conflict when we have, you know, a so-called argument, um, it's never really a fight. There's no yelling. There's no name calling. There's no belittling. There's no shaming. There's no demanding. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation about how we feel, what each of us needs, what we're perceiving, where is the mismatch, and we're putting everything on the table and we're working as a team going, okay, this is what's here. How do we move towards a solution? Because we care so much about the health and well-being of this relationship and each other. That would be my best description. That's beautiful. I love that so much. And that that almost makes me cry, but I'm going to hold it mm. together. Keep it together today. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you can cry, but it's okay. We're public no, here. So. We're public. <laughs> I cannot. I respect your boundaries. That's perfectly valid. <laughs> Thank you. Um, The other thing that I wanted to touch on really quick before we wrap up is the last time you gave me two times ago, you gave me a sheet about emotional needs and emotional well-being. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are some of the things on there that I, I feel like a lot of people don't even consider this for themselves when they're in a relationship. I feel like Mm -hmm. you just, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you just kind of dive into the relationship, assuming the other person knows what you need, assuming Mm -hmm. you know what you need, right? And then when they don't act accordingly, you're like, oh, this relationship isn't good. Or it it feels easier to cut and run, right? Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that sheet and then um, what's the purpose of it? Absolutely. So I think I sent to you um, a sheet of like it needs uh, that yeah. was from the nonviolent communication uh, website. So if I think it's nvc.org, um, you can find it, but you can also just Google needs list 
should pop mm-hmm. up, you know, yeah. <laughs> but we have so many emotional needs and, and those are the ones that are most often overlooked. And, and a lot of those are, are ones that we can only get met through relationship actually. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, some needs we can meet completely on our own and that's beautiful. Um, but there are, there are multiple resources again, for us to meet these needs. They, they needn't come from one person nor can they, but becoming aware of what you need. And this will happen through your process of doing inner child work also, because often your biggest needs are correlated with needs that were unmet in your childhood, right? Mm -hmm. Like for example, if you had a family where, or, you know, an experience in infancy, even where there wasn't a lot of physical touch, there wasn't a lot of holding that might be a strong need for you in relationship. Like your body might actually need the sensation of being, you know, held and squeezed tightly by another human being. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you can try to do that on your own, but it's not really the same. Yeah. Um, so this is so important too, with assessing compatibility, like mm. we go into relationships so often with people who are just incompatible for us because yes. we don't know, and we don't have the needs, expectations and boundaries really front of mind to share with them. So we're assessing as we're getting to know someone, okay, like, are they available to meet my needs? Are they capable of being in the kind of partnership that I want? Is that what they want? Can they show Mm -hmm. up that way? Right? So this is one of the primary things I work with women on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that we often are so disconnected, so disconnected from our own needs because we're disconnected from our bodies and our emotions. We were often shamed for having these needs, right? We were called needy. I don't know if any, any of you listeners out there have been called needy in relationships. Yeah. There's no such thing as a needy person. There's a person who has unmet needs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a place to get those needs met. Needs are always valid and they may feel like too much for someone. Yeah. And they may be too much for that particular person, but that does not mean that they are too much. You just haven't found the right person who is the fit to meet those needs. And it's also really helpful to get clear on and understand what needs do I want to meet for other people? How do I want to show up? Right. Mm. You know, because sometimes women, especially we might get into a relationship and then we realize that uh, suddenly we're this person's mother. Yes. (laughs) So many times. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And we're playing that role. And there's, you know, there's a pattern there from childhood. Usually there's a parentification Mm -hmm. dynamic or something like that. Right. But we weren't clear with like the type of support we were available to give and that Mm -hmm. we really wanted to give how we really wanted to show up. Right. And so understanding like that's a boundary for me. I don't want to play that role of caretaking in that way. I really need an exchange or maybe I need a person that takes more initiative. Mm. Maybe I need a person who is more self-owned or more self-responsible, who has leadership qualities, right? Versus that. And, And so knowing that like about ourselves and each other can save us so much pain in relationship. And a big way we get clear on our needs is just by being in relationship, assessing Mm -hmm. things and understanding. Because when we have a negative feeling coming up in a relationship, it is because there's a need that's unmet. 
Mm. Our feelings yeah. are always connected to our needs. It's telling us about something we need. Yeah. Mm, so learning to listen to that. That's really interesting. I love that. I want to, before I tell everyone or you tell everyone how to work with you, yeah. I want to share a quote that I heard that I thought was amazing. It was, I don't get to tell someone how to love me. I get to see how they love and decide if I want to participate. Ah, uh, yes. Right. Absolutely. That yeah. just sums it up absolutely perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. And this is what it means to be sort of a, a self-owned, you know, person mm-hmm. who is engaging in healthy relationship. That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's mm-hmm. about always putting the focus back to what are my choices? What's the information I'm being given? Right. What's real in the situation? What are the wounds that are being called for me to, to heal? And then like, what, what do I choose? What will I choose for me? Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. Mm. How can people work with you? Oh my gosh. Well, you can find me on Facebook, Julia Phoenix or Julia Phoenix 11 is my business page. Um, I would love it if you emailed me jp11coach at gmail.com. 11 is spelled out like the word, not like the number. But yeah, and my Instagram is at juliaphoenix11, again, spelled out. You can message me there anytime or you can email me or just check out my content and see if it's a vibe. I love, love working with sensitive, spiritual women, empaths, like so many people in your audience. You know, I feel... I, I just love working with um, with you guys. So if you're interested, please do reach out. I do have a program coming up that's called Love Notes, uh, about all about how to have a healthy relationship. My partner is going to come in and guest. I'm extremely excited about it. Um, and I'd love to share more about that with you if you send me a message. That sounds amazing. And I can definitely vouch for her. Please send her a message. She is incredible to work with. We've been working together for three years. How long have we been working? Yeah, I think three years. I was thinking about it the other day. Yeah. Time is weird. Time is weird. (laughs) Very, very well acquainted with Julia. And she is amazing and definitely holds a safe container for you to really be vulnerable and open up. So thank you so much for being here. And My until, pleasure. Until next time, keep mm-hmm. on blooming, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.com.